Welcome to Why Though. We're your hosts, Tiffany Bloom and Ashley Abercrombie. We land somewhere in between Mother Teresa and Biggie Smalls, and we're just wondering, why though? We all have questions, from our existential crisis curiosities to our, hey girl, why your eyebrows look so good though? And we want to tackle all of those questions with you. Welcome back to Why Though. We are so thrilled that you guys are joining us. And, you know, it's been a really interesting weather week here in California, you guys, because um, I just want you to know that we're still in the midst of fake fall. And (laughs) what that means is that in the morning, it's about, I don't know, 50, 60 degrees, which is embarrassing, but people around Los Angeles are wandering around in parkas at that time for school drop-off. And then it heats up to about 90 degrees. But today... (gasps) It is overcast, it is cold, and I've been missing New York so much this fall. Mm. Um, And so I'm very thrilled to report, you guys, that I got to wear, like, jeans and closed-toe shoes and, like, you know, something warm on the upper part of my body. I would also like to report that I did my due diligence and I drank my one pumpkin spice latte of the season. And it was absolutely repulsive as it always is and um i just don't understand why people are into this you guys like i i can't get into seasons but talk to me about this pumpkin spice latte because it's disgusting here's the thing here's the thing at every end cap i don't care if you at the target i don't care if you at walmart i don't care if you at whole foods every end cap is pumpkin flavored situations i do not want pumpkin flavored yogurt pumpkin flavored whipped cream no put it to bed Put it to Let bed. Let it rest. It's worse than cauliflower. I need it to go away forever. Okay. I don't want to see First cauliflower all, ever again. Not in a crust. Not even. What not in some rice. <laughs> I don't want to see it. And I don't want to see no pumpkin spice neither. Talk to me about cauliflower in like uh, Asian cuisine. Are you okay with that? Like where it's supposed to be. You don't mind if it's yeah, if it was like, supposed to be there. Yeah. On purpose. If it's like, right. It's an additive. It's not like You don't want it dish. wearing lipstick trying to act like. Showing up at the it's club, big time. trying to be like, somebody that's not. Okay. You're not okay. the centerpiece, okay? Like, you shouldn't be here. Why are I you ju- here? Can I you just know? say, as an Indian, who cauliflower is such a cornerstone of Indian cuisine, especially vegetarian Indian cuisine, it is not fun to see it transform, refixed into everything else. Noki? Nobody wants cauliflower hmm. gnocchi. I don't hate myself Nobody. that much. Nobody. You don't need it's that It's a literal vegetable. Just let it do what it's supposed let to do. It, do. it yeah. is not supposed to be all these other things. Like Yeah. I want you guys to stop the madness. And in okay. fact, who do, who do we petition at Congress? Because I'm very good at this. And I <laughs> well, want to know, call, is this an I'm going to call the head, of the head of the Target and the Whole Foods at least. I couldn't. Girl, today, I'm going to go shopping this morning. I kid you not. Everything on the end caps. Like, not just one end cap, Ashley. Like, I know. all of them. I know. Okay, you ready for this? I'm, I'm not, not even messing with it. you. I, I, pumpkin mac and cheese. I kid you not. I'm not messing with you at all. Wait, pumpkin mac and cheese? Yes. You guys, come on. Who's going to write Congress with me? I'm going to start a petition. First, we're going to get universal child care. Yes, and please, next, Jesus, take the bill. we are eliminating pumpkin spice from everything. Like, in fact, I don't even think we should be having pumpkin pie. It's sweet potato pie. Come on. Sweet potato for the win. You don't eat pumpkin pie, you guys. It's sweet potato pie. There. I said what I said. I know we're going to get some emails. <laughs> yes, we and are. some direct messages. Because I know y'all like that pumpkin pie. And you be they like it. Some, that our you know, our target demo is very into PSL. That's just, just the way it is. You guys, now, I'm just, I'm crushing okay, spirit. But I'm here's the, you know, spirit. and also... 
people, don't forget, Ashley is one for the seasons. Did you not remember her candle am. situation? Oh, I'm here for her it. Her seasonal candles. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I'm gardenia and mm-hmm. or citrus year-round, mm-hmm. but whatever. It's fine. I live in the it. Northwest. I need something bright. Mm-hmm. But you, you're faithful. You're mm-hmm. faithful with your evergreen candles. I've been, I am. There. I've been to your home at different seasons, mm-hmm. and it is so on brand, it's not even funny. Mm-hmm. I'm, but here I'm here for it, yeah. but not the PSL. Okay, I, I true story. <laughs> My oldest, he's 10 years old. He had pumpkin pie a few years ago, and he's like, this this is what everybody's excited about. Listen. This is awful. He's like, this, this is what everybody, this is what all the things. I'm like, mm-hmm. I know, buddy. It's not supposed to be like this, you guys. It, I just want you to I know. If I do, okay, if you're at a friend's house, like for Friendsgiving, and they offer you pumpkin pie because there's no other alternative. I'll no, have, like, there's the always another slice. alternative. Well, it was an accident. I think I was supposed to bring the dessert and it didn't happen. Whatever, it's fine. Okay, I'm like, but, What? <laughs> Only pumpkin pie at Friendsgiving? What kind, you need new friends. I gotta be honest though, that's pretty <laughs> I feel like that's normal. I feel like No, that's it normal. isn't. No. no? Okay, no. Well, what other humor there me be then, friend? What alternative? At Thanksgiving. Oh my gosh. Mm, there's pecan pie. There's oh, yummy. I mean there's apple a crisp, maybe apple crisp, sure. Anything. Pound cake. I mean, there there should be at least one other dessert. I, I'm vi- okay, I feel I love it. very crushed that that was Going your back experience. to this pies, one of the things I'm looking forward to, I yeah, I feel like I might have contributed to the situation. Maybe so. Maybe. Maybe so. Likely. <laughs> if I was supposed to bring food. <laughs> Likely. <laughs> oh, bless. Um, I, I really want I'm really digging the sweet potato pie idea. And I think I want to do What like do you mean? Indian it's twist. not an idea. It's a staple. No. It's like, that's what you I think eat. it's more Southern. That's not a very, it's not, it's not really a thing here. Maybe that's right. Yeah, maybe that's, that's right. Thing. But like if you put people out do sweet it, but it's usually pie or pumpkin. It is always sweet potato is the answer. So you're telling me sweet potato is like a it happens like it's I'm it's one of the staples. You, for I never even knew about pumpkin pie till I was in my like mid twenties. <gasps> oh my gosh, Ashley, are you serious? Yeah, like nobody oh, yeah. eats pumpkin we are, pie. We are, we. See why though we grew up on different coasts and it shows. It shows did, right here, it, right now. Yeah, there's definitely a regional struggle here, and I'm there gonna need you guys to help us. Bridge that gap. I'm not going to eat pumpkin pie, though. But if you got something in the middle, I'll try it. <laughs> but please don't mix sweet potato in and no, pumpkin. We don't. We don't. That doesn't. That's not meeting in the middle. That's not compromise. <laughs> okay. Now that you say that, I got to be honest, girl. I don't think I heard of sweet potato pie till I was in my 20s. Mm-hmm. Why that makes am I whispering? Oh, just I such know. an aha it moment. It makes okay. sense. It really makes I know. sense. We, I mean, we need to get our recipes together. Listeners, Ashley and I often around the holidays send recipes back and forth and like our whole plan of what our whole meal is, mm-hmm. <laughs> like starter, mm-hmm. main, dessert, drinks. We're doing a brisket this year. We're, we got a <gasps> smoker from my mom. My mom is a housewoman oh gift, God. got us this dope smoker. And so that we're is getting a housewoman gift, all right. It is. What? And we're going to get this massive brisket get a and, plan. and do that. And just like all the best sides for Thanksgiving. So that's our plan this year. Mm. I'm so pumped. Oh, I love it. Ooh, okay, okay, you guys. Listen, today is a really special day. So and special. Tiffany, I think Tiffany might have been the person who told me about the guests that we have on the show today because she she knows that we love liturgy in this household that I married a low-key monk. Yeah, you and did. And we found Kayla Craig and she is an amazing human being. She's a writer, a mother, a storyteller, and she writes these nuanced and nurturing prayers and it's called Liturgy for Parents is this is a Instagram account that she runs and she also co-founded and hosts the Upside Down podcast, which is a place for ecumenical conversations on faith and justice. 
justice. And so she is pretty spectacular. She's also the first person I've ever known who lives in Iowa. So Iowa, stand up, okay? <laughs> stand because up. You're welcome at this table, and we're happy that you're here. Please so, reach Kayla, out. Can you say Please hello reach to out the if you are from Iowa. Please. Yes, we need to know more than one person. That's not fair to us that oh, we don't my know you. Gosh. We need to know what you're eating. At. Kayla, tell us. Sweet potato pie or pumpkin pie? Oh, my goodness. You know what? I we don't judge, the, by the way. I am here for I the judge. French I judge a little. silk pie. Give me all the chocolate. <gasps> Wait, what? Yes. Did you yes. say buttermilk pie? No, French silk. French silk, mm. French silk. chocolate. Yes. I was I in my 30s when I discovered French mm. silk pie. Oh, no way. So good. They, they have it in like more. every diner in the South. It's also <gasps> a staple. Yeah. What? You guys, yeah. I know nothing about these things. What? Mm-hmm. Okay. Can you what what is in a French silk? It's chocolate. It's like mm-hmm. chocolate pudding whipped cream. Uh, mm-hmm. and whipped cream and like slivers of chocolate on top and yeah, really good. Okay, we call that chocolate cream pie. Yep, we got that. That's exactly okay. what it is. Same yeah. thing. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm going with yeah. French silk. Way better sounding. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's like the bougie name. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Well, well Kayla, I just want to. We're so happy yes. you're here. I am so, so to excited to be here, ladies. Thank you for having me. Kayla, you have been such an inspiration to me. I have, um, in fact, I knew you by your uh, Instagram handle before I knew your name. Um, (laughs) And there's been times when I've been low that I've just gone to that account to just speak Mm. their prayers that you've written in the privacy of your own heart that you've shared with thousands of people. And they've echoed in my own soul and been an encouragement and given me vision for parenting and vision for life and vision for the moment and what it means to abide in the Lord. And um, whether you are a parent or not, I think liturgies for parents, it, re- it really, I wouldn't, I wouldn't limit it to just parents. It is just <laughs> such powerful, powerful mm-hmm. prayers. Um, and we really are so honored to have you. I wow, agree. That means a lot to hear. Thank you. Yeah. And I think um, to Tiffany's point, even if you don't have kids, like one of the beautiful things about liturgies for parents is, you know, we're all have to do work you know, just to nerd out for a minute, we all have to do work with like our inner child and to see the tenderness with which Kayla speaks about children, I think is a real tender compassion we could offer ourselves. So maybe you didn't have the right words. Maybe somebody didn't speak to you about difficult things. Maybe you don't know how to go slow or be still. I feel like these prayers are so, so very helpful for, for our inner child as well, just to be a little nerd. I love that. And I feel like I, I, I experienced that too as I was working. There's, you know, like more than a hundred prayers in here. Mm-hmm. And I realized that as I was praying, I was I was reflecting on how God cares for me as like this divine mm-hmm. parent that has so much mercy and love and just like this tenderness of a of a parent. And I think um I think we all need that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what what inspired your journey into not only the Instagram account, but just these prayers? Like, I'm so curious where this all came from. Yeah, I'm a verbal processor, which I think you both can probably (laughs) relate to, right? And so sometimes I don't even know what I'm thinking or processing until I get it out on paper, until Mm. I write it down. And um, the prayers of another have been so pivotal in my life. There was um, a time where my daughter, who has a lot of different disabilities and medical needs, um, 
was in the PICU and she was on life support and it was, it was really super, super serious. And she was just kind of in this thin space between life and death. And I like, I had no words, like I had no words. I could not pray. And people were saying like, I'm praying for you. And I knew I like wanted to pray, but I couldn't pray. And I just was having like all of these wonderings and questions and, um, reading through prayers of another was kind of like an anchor for me in that time. And so to be able to write prayers that show up in the real realities that we're in, you know, that, that don't ignore the headlines that don't pretend that like we only care about our spiritual selves and not our Mm. physical selves, you know? Um, I thought, well, if I can put my words to that, maybe it'll serve somebody else too in those moments that they don't have the words. They can just take mine and they can be ours Mm. together. Mm, That's so beautiful. And I appreciate you sharing your story too, because I'm sure there's plenty of people out there who can relate to it. Will you tell us a little bit about what liturgy is for those who might be new to this practice or this idea? Like, what is a liturgy? How does it compare to a prayer? What's different about it? Yeah. Well, I when I wrote To Light Their Way, I wanted it to be ecumenical. I wanted to draw a big tent for a lot of different people wherever they are in their faith, whether they're, you know, beyond just even Catholic and Protestant, but whether you've been in church a lot or like you have never prayed since you were five. You know what I mean? Like whatever Mm. kind of your background and tradition is and different traditions use the word liturgy differently. But the best description I've heard of it is like, it's just simply prayers of the people. It's Mm. shared prayer that we can pray from our own selves, but we have that comfort of knowing there's other people in the body that have prayed it and are praying it now and will pray it in the future, you know? So it's kind of this uniting act of, of worship, you know? Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's beautiful. It is. Prayers of the people. I, I love, love that. that. I'm still thinking about it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> As you wrote this book, uh, I would love to know the season you were in, honestly, when you, when you wrote this. I know maybe perhaps it was mostly inspired by the things you'd previously written um, in your more public work online, but I'd love to know like, when you were pouring these words um, into prayers for us to share, uh, what was kind of your season as you wrote this? Yeah, well, I wrote it in the middle of a global pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) Me and Uh, Tiffany were right there with you. Yep, yep, you know how it is. (laughs) We look back and we're like, oh, so that happened. Um, You know, I have four kids. They, between the ages of five and 11, Mm. and they were all home 24-7 with me. Mm. They still are because, um, you know, they are... Some of them have compromised immune systems to the point where, you know, it's safest for them to stay home and everybody's to stay home to protect them and our family. So uh, mm-hmm. there was a lot of quality time. <laughs> oh, and that's it, a sweet way to say it. Yeah, yeah. And it was very sanctifying. And there were, um, you know, I just had to become disciplined. I'm not a super disciplined person really in any like I'm sitting right here I'm next to a workout uh bike that I insisted we bring with us when we moved and it is 
collecting dust, but I'm like, <laughs> someday, right? So so discipline, discipline does not come naturally to me, but it felt like this was a spiritual practice mm. that I had to enter into, right? Like I had deadlines. <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> so it was this practice of, of, of getting up in the morning or, you know, um, at lunchtime going out on my deck or whatever it was, like I was fitting it into these these pockets of time. And, and it was like my act of listening to what God had for me, my act of listening to other people. So I could put myself, you know, it's like an invitation into empathy, right? Like I'm putting mm-hmm. myself in the story of another and the perspective of another to write out of their experiences that I maybe haven't personally experienced, you know, like I can only see through the lens of which I have through the world, you know? And so there's a lot of blind spots that I have. So I wanted to make sure I talked to other people um, so I could honor their stories and put words to situations that are very real for, for a lot of people, whether it's, you know, divorce or having a miscarriage or, you know, even like delightful, beautiful things like your child leaving the nest, you know? I, my kids aren't mm. old enough to do that. So I had to talk to other people. Um, who have lived into that. And so it was really became this act of entering into empathy, of listening, and of just like spending time with God, right? Like it felt like everything was so chaotic. I mean, it still does, but it just felt like I didn't know what I was going to wake up and read on Twitter every day. You know, like what was going to happen? Like, was there going to be enough toilet paper? Like, do I need to wipe down (laughs) my groceries? Like, all of this was happening and it was scary. Like, especially at the very beginning when nobody knew it was all so new. And here I am trying to put words to these prayers, right? Like to, to embody this. And, and my whole hope was to create, you know, as much as you can in around a hundred prayers, but a fairly comprehensive collection that people could flip through and turn to and find themselves in Um, and, and I do feel like God, um, God was gracious with me in that. Um, and it ended up being like, I think it, it sustained me. Like Mm. while prayers of others have anchored me, there was also this, this practice of, I think if I didn't have, have to, like, you know, I'm going to write this and write this. And I had had this planned before (laughs) the pandemic was even happening, um, I might have just like gone off the deep end, you know. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. think I, I needed that anchor right. um, of that that entering into the conversation with the divine. So right, yeah, Ooh. yeah. I loved, you know, you you really have a heart for justice, Kayla, and it's mm. it's so beautiful to see because there weren't a lot of spaces you know, in, especially in the faith sector that you can go to, to find out how to communicate about things like race or, you know, the conflict in our world or violence, you know, with your children. And so I found your liturgies very helpful and I wanted to read one. It was actually two weeks after the pandemic started and I went back through and saw which one I had saved. And it says this, Lord, we feel the weight of raising children in turbulent times. Help us look beyond ourselves for our children are watching And that line really stands out to me because I also think, you know, I also have young people who are watching me. You know, it's not just my kids. It's like people who are looking to see how am I going to respond to the violence in our world? How am I going to respond to the chaos? How will I respond to racism and sexism and scandals? Like 
our children are watching. And then you go on to write, help us speak with compassion and dignity for our children are listening. Help us learn from experts and researchers for our children are following our lead. For our concerned children, may we help them feel safe. For our confused children, may we help them be informed. For our compromised children, may we help them stay well. Help us live with open eyes and open hands. Help us model love for neighbor, even if it means staying home. For in doing so, our children will learn what it means to set aside one's own wants for the sake of another's need. Oh, oh if Christians would just do this. And <laughs> we give thanks for your tenderness, mercy, and peace. May we remember we love in times of complexity and confusion because you first loved us and that one's prayers for children in times of pandemic and just such a blessing i i really appreciate the humility in that and the um just the the capacity the neighborliness you know the consideration of others that is so evident in your work that is like that's so encouraging to hear that because that is what I hope is the heartbeat of every single prayer you know whether or not the name calls it out or not is that like my prayer as I was writing these kind of modern liturgies is that it would reflect that we would love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we would love our neighbor as ourselves. Like Mm. that's, that's the whole, that's just the whole thing, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Ashley, thank you for so much for reading that. That was so beautiful. I, I got lost in that. It, again, your writing, Kayla, is just such a blessing. And just I feel like it cuts straight to the core and speaks mm-hmm. straight to the soul and is so necessary yeah. um, in this time. And I just want to also follow up on I, – I love, Ashley, how you said being able to talk about justice and specifically uh, racial justice with mm-hmm. kids and understanding the weight of people are watching us and this does matter. And also to pray those prayers together and to yes. take this all to prayer. Um, what what a movement, an invitation to go before the Lord uh, in such crazy times and even to hear of your own personal journey and the, what you've been walking through, specifically the pandemic, yeah. but also your parenting journey is poured into that. You, you've, you've earned your stripes in this. This is not lip service. Right. This is not content creation for creation's sake. This right. is truly changing lives and encouraging right. people. And I think, like you said, you open Twitter and you're like, oh, what went wrong today? You know, yeah. like what's, what's heavy today? And, and But your response to that of like, here's how we can respond. Um, we can't do everything, but we can do something. There's actions mm-hmm. and then there's some things in the spiritual and there's some things in the heavenly realm that we can take to the Lord and give to him and, and trust him with. So I, um, I love mm-hmm. the full circle of that. And Oh yeah, um, you guys, nothing like kids to make you uh, go before the Lord, right? Go before the Oh Lord. my gosh, totally. <laughs> it's next level. And I feel like, you know, not only do kids sort of push you to the brink of insanity sometimes, I mean, maybe that's just me, but that's that's where I go. But I, I do think there's this level of grace that's forced because um, you just have to lean all the way in and this level of autonomy that gets lost. And I think every person, whether you're a parent or not, can relate to this loss of autonomy that we've all experienced. Yeah. Like we didn't. You know, for a lot of us, especially, you know, living in California or maybe if you live in New York, you know, we've had the strictest lockdowns for sure, or at least L.A. County has. And, mm-hmm. you know, Manhattan and, you know, New York proper, like that's, that's the strictest sure. lock- lockdowns in the nation. And so for two years, basically, we haven't been doing very much. Yep. And so I think that, you know, li- seeing that loss of autonomy that we've all experienced, somebody listening probably lost a vacation. Somebody's lost a family member. Somebody's lost mm-hmm. a marriage. Somebody's Jobs. lost, you know, so yeah. you know, the list goes on and 
and on and on. A job, yeah, yeah a financial, a relationship, yeah. a friendship. Like we all know what it's like to lose things without getting to choose, you yeah. know, if we're going to wow. lose them. And so I think that liturgy is this really powerful practice of saying, I'm going to repeat these prayers of the people these things that are tried and true, these things that are ancient and not so centered around me and my wants and my needs, but centered around God and his will and his will for the people. And I, I want to ask you, like, how does liturgy sort of help us with that loss of autonomy and that loss of choice or the grief, the anger that we feel, the helplessness that we can feel when our choices are removed or powerlessness? Like, how does liturgy sort of focus on, a, on what we have and the moments that we have? I think it's just this like beautiful sharing of like, these are our words, you know, Mm -hmm. like when, when I enter into, you know, writing one, I don't think this is about me or this is my prayer. I think this is, this is ours. Like Mm -hmm. we, we hold each other up. We are, are shared in that all of a Mm -hmm. sudden the burden that I feel on my shoulders is not mine to carry. I can take it off. Mm -hmm. I don't have to think of the right thing to say, to be the right thing. You know, like prayer is a great mystery that we are invited Mm. into. We don't have a perfect formula for it. We don't have to say the perfect things or do it at just the right time or have this, you know, holier than thou experience um, or posture. But it's really just a entering into with each other and it's, you know, holding each other up and, Um, I think that's a beautiful picture of the body of Christ. Right. Yeah. Mm, I love that pointing to what we do have, not what we don't, because there Mm -hmm. is so much loss. And and pre-pandemic, we're all going through it. Life was hard before this came along. Exactly. For sure. Yes. (laughs) Yes, it was. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Mm, That's so powerful. Uh, What would you say... um, has uh, first, I want to know. I'm curious of the reception that you've had of your work, not just your book, but just of your work in general, um, and also how you feel like this speaks to um, just mental health in this mental health crisis that we find ourselves in. Partly already in existence again, but very much the pressure cooker of the pandemic hasn't made things easy for people. So I'd be curious to know um, how you've navigated that and how you've processed that. I I hear all the time that people are saying the word, the prayer that I needed today was like the prayer for the overwhelmed. The prayer right. that I needed today was, I mean, I hear this from women all the time, the prayer for the anger we hold. Yeah. Um, mm. I hear all the time, like, Oh, all I could do, all I could manage is a breath prayer. That's all I've been able to pray. Mm. Like I wasn't praying at all, but now like if I have one short thing that I can inhale and exhale, like that's, that's what I need in this moment. I just think, you know, I came up with this idea of, of sharing liturgies for parents before the pandemic started. And I was thinking 2019 was so hard. 2018 was so hard. Like, and I think <laughs> and it was, us, and it was, yes, yes. it was, Correct. it was. Yes. Yes. And we just keep, and we just keep getting piled on, right? Like oh, yeah. it's not getting any easier. And, yeah. and, you know, like, love is the resistance prayer is is subversive too right prayer is is resistant and and we can enter in um to that because we don't have to have just like our spiritual selves on one side and our physical and you know embodied neighborly self on the other side like it's 
I, my hope is that we can become more integrated humans. And for mm-hmm. those of us who are raising parents or raising children, that we can raise integrated families that, that hold the spiritual with the physical. Um, you know, that's Jesus, right? right. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think that people are just so tired. I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> you know? Yes. Uh, and I think we just need moments of of getting to, like, rest, like getting to breathe, getting to know we're not alone. We don't have to have the words. We don't have to have much of anything. We can just let our breath be a prayer if that's, if that's what we need in that moment. Mm, I just had to take a big inhale. I think that's so (laughs) beautiful. And I, I love, I have loved liturgy because it has given me permission to say no to things that everything Mm. and everyone around me tells me I should be doing or should be engaging in, you know, liturgy helps me get still and it yes. does help connect me to others. And when I'm more connected to others, I'm less likely to start doing the most. And I used to be queen of doing the most. And yep. I, I definitely think ha- the more kids I've had, the less I've been able to do just in general, that loss of margin is just a very real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel like liturgy helps just remind me like, Hey, you have time. yeah and even if I die tomorrow like how do I actually want to be spending my time not in a hurry Mm -hmm. how about that not not super stressed and angry because I can't accomplish the thing that I wanted to accomplish or not hating my circumstances because I'm not being reflective enough to accept them you know Mm -hmm. um so I feel like this is you know liturgy has just come to mean a lot to me and things like breath prayers just you know uttering you know one, one simple word or one phrase that can kind of put my thoughts back on the right track, you know, instead of derailing me, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and going down some type of cycle I don't want to go down. Um, you know, just being able to have a few words or a few phrases or a few connection points that, you know, help me say no so I can say yes to the right things. I feel like, you know, that that is another thing the pandemic has done to us is it's really made each of us, I think anyway, maybe I'm wrong on this, but I feel like most people I talk to have reevaluated what's important yeah, and totally. what they want to keep doing, right? And yes. what's no longer worth our time, what's what we've put so much effort and energy into that we realize, I don't know that that's going anywhere. Maybe I should just oh, yeah. put that down. You know, <laughs> yep. it's so real. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I think uh, I love that you said it was a grounding experience, like of what mm-hmm. you can say yes to, what you can say no to, but also uh, gives permission, if you will. I was thinking of um, Benedictine monks, you know, y- you know, many years later after uh, the Desert Fathers and Desert, desert Mothers ex- escaped persecution right. uh, in Rome, you see these Benedictine monks and they would quote 150 breath prayers a week. They would basically yeah. go through the Psalms oh. and that would be what kept, they, they said like, this is our backbone of how we exist. Right. Like this oh. is, this liturgy is everything. Yes. They didn't go pray these individual, and I think our Western individualism, especially if you yes. grew up in charis- the charismatic movement, is like, you need to go, it needs to be from the heart. It needs to be all yours. It needs to be fresh. Yeah. Um, and that plays into our desire to create and do rather than be. Totally. And so oh, when we when so we invite true. this liturgy and when we lean into um, this ancient practice that's been around, I mean, since the first time of persecution, you see like, wow, this actually sustained people. Yes. This wasn't just another thing to add. This was a, a sustaining practice. And how wild that here we are in the year 2021. And your work is is become a sustaining practice. And yes. this resurgence of liturgy is necessary because, mm-hmm. again, we need things that will 
sustain us through these wild and hard times. Yes. Right. Yes. Oh, wild. Amen. It's beautiful. Well, as we uh, wrap up, Kayla, any any last words, anything that you'd want to encourage our listeners with or as you're thinking about uh, liturgy and we'll for sure link to your Instagram and your and your book and all that good stuff so others can be encouraged and find your work. And you, man, if you have not followed Liturgies for Parents yet, you have a treasure trove mm-hmm. to dive into yes. when you discover this. I feel like I'm reading an online book or something, a magazine, <laughs> if you will, because it's like, yeah. oh, what a source of um, of comfort. Yes. I'm, I'm so, so honored by that. So thank you. I, I think I just want people to know they're not alone. Right. Uh, so often I feel that way. Like I'm alone. Nobody knows like the struggles that I am going through or that I am holding and how in the world am I supposed to somehow like care for children, like other humans on top of all right. of this. It's like, <laughs> it's so, it's so difficult. And uh, so, so my biggest hope is that people would know that, that they are beloved simply because they are um, and that this would be a book and, you know, the account would be a place where um, where you can lean into that and you can um, feel that love of God and so that you can go out and, um, you know, love, love the people around you. So, mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. So well said. Mm-hmm. Kayla, we're so happy to have you today, and we are so thrilled about your devotional, Light the Way. And you guys, I think it would be worth your time to pick it up and um, to read through these prayers, the prayers of the people. I will never forget that. I haven't heard liturgy described that way, and that's really beautiful because it's so ancient and old and these beautiful sacred pathways that we can walk together. And why the listeners, we love you, and we are so grateful for you and the way that you've hung in there. You are resilient and tenacious. And listen, we're all still out here in these streets okay so come let's on. Make, the, come on. make the most with what we have Ooh. and Ooh. and literally let's light a path for others as we you know look at that tiny little light in front of us and hold on for yeah. dear life <laughs> absolutely so Kayla, thank you for being with us we're so grateful thank you oh. so so much for having me ladies our honor well actually that was so well said that was quite the quite the finale so we'll we'll call it a day why the <laughs> listeners and we will see you next week bye-bye bye bye hey listeners remember to subscribe and comment it helps others to find the show to learn more about tiffany's writing speaking or books visit tiffanybloom.com to learn more about ashley's writing speaking or books visit ashabercrombie.org see you next week <laughs>